Hi, you're listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution, where we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. We're your hosts, Zara and Hien. And before we get started, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and review. Even though we're a podcast that believes in decolonizing, we're still bound to the algorithm. So every little bit that you can help us out, we really appreciate it. And we thank you for all the support. Let's get into it. Hey, welcome friends. This is our bonus episode. And today we're taking a trip back to the early 2000s. Just kidding. It's 2022 and we are all still talking about Benefer, who uh, happened to get married this weekend on what Hien informed me this was uh, an imitation plantation. Hien, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so Benefer, the famous Benefer, um, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez um, got married um, in Georgia on, I believe, um, a property that he owns that is supposedly um, or is an imitation of like a slave plantation, which is so interesting <laughs> and so wild to choose that as like your wedding venue uh, when you have as much money and resources as they do. Also, it's an insane thing to choose as your wedding venue after. Like, one, you shouldn't do that because it we shouldn't be glorifying plantations. Like, that's a given. Um, but also, so many celebrity couples have already been called out about it. Like, Blake Lively and the Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, you're like the, the Deadpool <laughs> guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's so wild. Um, and, you know, it's it's interesting because they had already gotten married like last month, like their their first little wedding that they did in Las Vegas. Um, and then shortly after they went to Paris for their honeymoon. Um, so it just I don't know, there's something about like, you know, you are you two are like rich enough and powerful enough to just go anywhere you want in the world set for your special day uh, to have your special event. Um, and this is what you chose to do. Um, and they both have really interesting, how do I say it? Like controversies relating to like anti-blackness and racism. Um, absolutely. And when we get into the Enneagram part of this analysis, I do want to talk a bit about how Jennifer Aniston's threeness, I think I can explain. I have a theory. Lopez, Jennifer Lopez. Sorry, what did I call her? Aniston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jennifer Lopez. I think I, she, who, Jennifer Aniston is also a three though. So I don't know if your name is a three, are you all Jennifer's? I don't know. Get back to us. If you're a listener, your name is Jennifer and you're not an Enneagram type three, we would love to hear from you. <laughs> that is a joke, hopefully to everyone else as much as it is to me um <laughs> but yeah Jennifer Lopez I have a theory for why the weddings like they had a Vegas thing they did a pair you know I have a theory for that but yeah there is what we want to talk about first because we're talking about a plantation themed wedding which is deeply disgusting especially okay sorry man this is another topic but did you hear recently that someone was advertising slave quarters as a place to stay in an Airbnb, like renovated slave quarters. 
sadly, I did hear about that. So, you know, as far as your wedding venue being either at a plantation or like an imitation of a plantation um, or things like renting out for like a cute celebrating enslavement in any way is not nice it's Mm -hmm. not good we're moving we've moved beyond it it shouldn't have ever been a thing everyone who's done it should be embarrassed and people who are doing it now should be horrified they should look in the mirror and feel horrified um yeah but it's it's a level of it's like the perfect blend of like white supremacy and capitalism though for the people who are into that because um, you know the people there's people profiting from these venues or these like airbnb type of places um and i think it's really interesting that you say that and we will get a bit more into the specifics around the anti-blackness issues of ben and nerfer i'm just using their one name sorry i had a burp in between there hopefully no one caught that um but uh, so specifically talking about their anti-Blackness as well, I actually do think this is some sort of PR situation um, because in this country, the seeming divide is either you are pro-Nazi or anti-Nazi, uh, like pro-eugenics, anti-eugenics, pro-Black, anti-Black, like those of those seem to be the only things we're going on about it does seem really interesting to me that with the controversy surrounding Ben as having a family past family who were slave owners and uh Jennifer's rampant anti-blackness in her co-opting of black culture and so many other things um I think it's almost like a marketing tool that if you can't get on the I fucking hate saying this but the quote-unquote woke team like if you can't get in with the woke crowds then you need to just appeal this is the PR marketing aspect of it you need to appeal to the right-wing nut jobs that's it and it feels very dangerous where it's like I think maybe there's another way other than being like yeah I guess we're just like okay with celebrating slavery now like no that's not right I don't know maybe I'm too far off with that but thoughts and maybe you can provide background because I just named random things and talked about my own stuff well I think that I read that the property that they got married on he had he in the past wanted to sell but he couldn't and so there is a part of me that thinks like a little bit of what you're saying it's kind of like well it's kind of like um it's, it's almost like if we, we can't beat them, join them thing. Like, and, and I'm not saying that Benefer is necessarily trying to appeal to like the right wing people or anything, but it's just kind of like, well, it sucks that my ancestors were slave owners and um, I can't even sell this property that has problematic historical vibes like you know that so so I might as well just like well whatever it's one of my properties and I'm a rich dude like uh and it's probably really beautiful you know so I'll use it um at my wedding right like why not kind of a vibe and so it just feel it does feel a little bit like might as well like it just feels a little bit like sloppy like not very well thought off very but very convenient for them and um 
I was wondering if you wanted to get into a little bit about his past, a little or a little more about um, his family's past um, and his own reaction to finding out that he has slave owners in his family. Um, yeah, okay. So if you are unaware, Ben Affleck's family owned slaves back in the day, I think in Georgia, I want to say, I believe they had 25 enslaved humans uh, that they held captive. And we discovered this, all of us, along with Ben Affleck during that PBS show, what is it? Finding Your Roots, where celebrities go on and they do DNA tests and history tests to kind of figure out like, what are your roots? And he found out, oh, I have slave owners in my family. And instead of owning that and acknowledging that and maybe saying, hmm, let me take a pause for how this influences my life today. This man sent an email to Sony and said, you bitches better cut that fucking clip out of my episode. Uh, to which I was reading in an article, I believe by the Washington Post that they were unsure or, and maybe also I, I did two articles so I don't wanna be incorrect about sources. One was a CBS news clip and one was a Washington Post article um, where he sent an email They and between, I guess, people at Sony, they were like, well, he's our big star. We don't want to say no to him. Uh, and then someone else luckily said, yeah, but what about journalistic integrity, which is real nice. And I don't know whether the episode aired originally with it because of this journalistic integrity, integrity push, or if it was because of the Sony hacks, which happened and the emails that all got leaked, one of those emails was the one about Ben Affleck. So he had to come out with it and publicly apologize. Hien, I believe you read his posts about that. Yeah. So I don't know the exact timeline for everything. And, and I, you know, I, 2015 is not that long ago, but it feels like so long ago, just because of how we've been living in the last few years. And so when I found out about, like, I just honestly found out about this, like, yesterday because of the whole imitation plantation wedding venue but uh he posted a facebook uh post like a really long little essay in april 2015 um when all that controversy came out and he said i didn't want any television show about my family to include a guy who owned slaves i was embarrassed the very thought left a bad taste in my mouth and then he did end up saying you know a whole bunch of nothing about like how he regret that he told them you know not to add, to to showcase that in the show um and you know talking about like how overall it's a good thing that there's like discussions happening about how we in america or this is how he put it that you know we in america haven't reckoned with our legacy of slavery um but of course he's really talking about you know privileged white americans uh, who haven't reckoned with that because of course I think for black Americans they've known about it and they've had to live with the consequences and poor Ben had his feelings hurt and didn't want others to know because he's embarrassed um 
Yes, I agree with all you said. And I also need to add, it's not just white Americans, it's all white people everywhere. So white European listeners, sorry, you are not exempt from this conversation. Uh, you also need to check your privilege. Uh, but yeah, and I think it's really interesting as well, because you provided us some information about his background being a Hollywood liberal. Uh, he has a diversity push on all of his contracts or whatever, where you have to you wrote notes, I should read them. Try to have diversity in their production team. Oh, okay. Inclusion and equity writer. Um, he supports progressive causes. And so it's like, no one out here is saying Ben Affleck is a bad guy specifically for this one action. I don't think it makes him a good guy. I'm not defending that action by any means, but I do think what it does is open up a conversation for what it means to say you support causes like you can't like about how we, I think it's like, I think celebrities are a good representation of, I've said this before, like our values in society. And I think you don't get to choose when you have your values. You know what I mean? I think there's obviously some leeway to that because like, I don't value like making tons of money, but I also live in a capitalist society where I need to do, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice that value of like, whatever but I think especially when you're a wealthy powerful person with privilege in society it's more important for you to stand in your values than it is for you to just say oh well I I do care about black people except when we have to deal with the fact that I have my family line has attributed to this problem and I getting married on an imitation plantation am also contributing to this problem. Yeah, it's, and you know, it's really interesting. Um, I, I didn't include this in my notes, but I'll share this is, it's very interesting that this is happening in 2022 because, you know, you would think that that whole controversy with finding your roots happening in 2015 and uh you know 2020 all the listening um, and learning everyone right all the listening and learning and um I was reading so he has um supported some progressive candidates um in the past and so like he has supported financially Elizabeth Warren Senate run AOC and Ilhan Omar but also in 2020, now this is what I find really fascinating is that he gave money to both the campaigns of Cory Booker and Kamala Harris. Like, I just find that very interesting. So this was in 2020 that he seems to want to support the Black presidential candidates, right? But then in 2022, what happened, Ben? <laughs> like, what happened? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. Um, but, you know, he... He is just a very, I will say, like, he's, he's just a, he's a very good Hollywood liberal. Like, he, in the sense of, like, he, he comes off, like, I don't know, like, he's trying his best to be, like, the, quote, good white person. And I don't know where it's, I don't, I don't know where he's gonna go from there after this weekend. But it's, but still, it's very much like, okay, this is what Hollywood liberals are like, right? Like, what what can we really expect from white Hollywood liberals? Um, but I wonder if you want to talk a little bit about uh, J-Lo and a little bit about 
her and her background and and um the interesting things over her career um yeah okay so jennifer lopez you probably know her she is still jenny from the block she's from the bronx um and she is a pop star who is slash actress slash i don't know what else she does and i don't care she has it's a skincare fine. line there she you has go. a skincare line. Like all the celebrities either come up yeah. with a makeup or skincare line eventually now. Don't forget, they also can have an, you can have an alcohol, you can do a vodka or, you know what I mean? Those are your options. Well, it's because during 2020, none of them could do their job. So then they were like, I guess, I guess we have to shill now. I guess we're influencers. Um, but so JLo is known in the industry as being a quote unquote diva, um, which I think has some merit. And also I think is a term given to women who are difficult when men who are difficult, they're just like, oh, he's just like that. Like during the Arrested Development interview when Jennifer, Jessica Walters was like, oh, this is off topic. I'm sorry, but it does bother me. Jessica Walters was like, oh, I... <laughs> experienced a lot of abuse from Jeffrey Tambor and all the men were like I mean it's not that bad everyone has bad days and it was like yeah yikes anyways so JLo um if you don't know about this alleged alleged start to her career which is that um if you know anything about Mariah Carey she was married to a record exec uh, Tommy Matola and helped start her career. He was, uh, I don't know if this is proven or not, so I'm just going to say allegedly, allegedly very abusive to Mariah Carey. She escaped. He wanted to punish her. So then he saw JLo, who I believe was like a background actress or something along those lines, or a background in a music video or a dancer or something, and said, I'm going to turn you into a star, baby. I am going to crush Mariah Carey and all of her hopes and dreams with you. And so also allegedly Ashanti did the background or did a lot of the vocals for JLo's first album, which if you listen to the song, I'm real, which both Jennifer Lopez and I believe Ashanti also has a version of like, it's the same kind of voice. Um, so yeah, that is a little background on how her career came to be. And in that process, she has co-opted a lot of black culture. She has, uh, I, do you want to get into the anti-black? Is there anti-blackness that I'm missing? I, I think I'm missing some stuff. Han, what do you have? Um, I don't have um, anything specific on that. I just know that, you know, she's, She's just one of those people who, you know, another sort of Hollywood liberal um, now. I mean, yes, she has background being Jenny from the block um, and being from the Bronx. But uh, I, I know that like she dated um, Diddy back in the day. Um, so wild. I'm just thinking like, wow, that was like so long ago. That must have been like 20 years ago or something. Um, and I've seen a lot of like, just people on Twitter 
uh, like black people on Twitter, just, you know, when, when there's like news about JLo or something there, there seems to be a very like sour react, like a very valid, but sour reaction to like, oh, this lady, you know, like this lady again, who, you know, when it's convenient for her, you know, really use a lot of, of um, black culture to further her career. But then also now she's like an act, but also she's an actress now. Um, and like is married to Ben Affleck now. And like, just very like she to me feels like somebody who and I'm sure you can talk about this more um when we talk about like her enneagram type but kind of like a chameleon who would just do what's best for her career and has a very like strategic crafted image yes yeah yeah yeah. and I was also gonna say like with the chameleon thing and she uses uh like her proximity to blackness, like, oh, I'm from the Blanc, I'm from the Blancs, I'm from the Bronx, <laughs> um, you know, to try to gain clout within the hip hop community, but is also happy to distance herself from that when she feels like it's not serving her. Yeah, very much chameleon energy. Um, and she, I guess we'll start talking a bit about the Enneagram because I don't know how to talk about Jennifer Lopez without talking about the fact that she's a three. Um, and again, maybe I am wrong and I don't know because she puts out such an image, but she works so hard to put out that image that I really have a hard time not seeing her as anything besides a three. Um, which is, okay, so the Enneagram three, I want to be mindful of how I speak about the Enneagram on this podcast because there is so much that talks about behaviors of the Enneagram and it's more about motivations and it's like this motivation to create an image or to work to be a persona or a person um, and you really believe that's who you are but you're just like falling into it because that's what you believe you need to be to be societally accepted to reach the standard um, and it's not like these are necessarily always conscious motivations. And they, I think you can see a lot of that going on in the way she like has been presenting herself in the last few years. Like her engagement to A-Rod did not pan out. There was that whole cheating scandal. Um, and she lost a bit of control with the narrative, especially because you have like things like Dumois and a lot of blind items that are really popular now where people can find that information out. And so, okay, perfect. Um, so you can find that information out. So it, like, she lost a bit of control of the narrative and to take it back, it was almost like when she got back together with Ben, oh, like, let me create this beautiful image of a couple reconnecting and finding their love and let me share it so intimately with my followers. Subscribe to my newsletter to get the first details of our engagement, of our wedding. And then I do want to circle back to what you were talking about in the beginning of, um, like, I think Jayla is a very smart person, so I don't want to detract anything by saying, like, what I've been saying. Uh, the trends in celebrity culture right now, if you think, like, Sophie and Joe Turner, Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas, yeah, they're giving, we're giving them female last names now, but anyways, got married in Vegas before they did their big wedding. It's like, oh, we're Courtney and Travis just recently did it. It's like, oh, we're so in love. We can't wait. We just have to get there. 
So it feels like it fits with that cultural narrative of, oh my God, we're just so in love. And then you have the Paris thing, which is like, oh, it's so romantic, right? Paris is the romance capital of the world or whatever they call it. And then they have this big blowout wedding where it's like, oh, and you also get to see her in white. Oh, it's very specifically crafted, in my opinion, of like telling a narrative and a story. And I think we get into that a bit with her documentary on Netflix, which I personally did not watch, but I listened to a couple of people talk about. And a couple of the criticisms, which I'm going to list are from Celebrity Memoir Book Club, where they talk about how she... They weren't that they weren't really sure what the purpose of the movie was because it seemed like it was going to be for hustlers like when she started out and like or if like if she got nominated for an Oscar but she did not and so then they couldn't say that then or won or nominated I can't remember it's been five million years in pandemic years um then it was supposed to maybe be the thing about A-Rod but they broke up So then they had to like apparently splice a lot of Ben's stuff in there. And I do really think that she's struggling to put out a narrative that like, I'm finally happy. I'm finally this. I'm finally that. Uh, She has escaped the Bronx and her closeness to Black culture and has now moved on to the perfect rich people neoliberal fantasy where it's like, I am inclusive to the point that it impacts my life and I don't care about anyone else because if they meant it, they would have worked harder. (laughs) Yeah. So I just remembered a couple other things that I don't have in the notes, but just I'm, I'm remembering uh, because as what you're talking about with her image and crafting. And, and I, I think it's fair to say, like, as we're talking about her, as a three um, and whatever critiques we have about her, like it doesn't take away from like the hard work she has put in. Like I remember reading uh, uh, something from an article a long time ago about Ben Affleck talking about why he fell in love with her. And part of it was that he like was so inspired and uh, by her and admired like her work ethic and that, you know, they met when they were actors in a movie. Um, so he, and I remember him saying something along the lines of like, how just like her, or I mean, sorry, just like him, um, she would work like as an actor during the week. Um, but then on the weekends, she would go into like the studio to work on her music that like she did put in, you know, her energy. So like, I, I never want to take that away from women, especially women of color when we talk about these things. But it's like, it's like a both end. It's like, and she's still kind of like a neoliberal show, you know, like it's, it's the both and. But I wanted to mention also think just thinking about how like, so she had dated before um, Ben Affleck, she dated um, Diddy. Um, so that was her, I don't know, like hip hop, black culture co-op era. And then remember she for a while, and I thought she was going to stay with him forever. She was married to Mark Anthony. So that was like her Latin music, Latin culture era. And she has um, two children with him, twins. Um, one of them who um, may be non-binary, one of them who uses um, they, them pronouns, um, which is interesting because I mean, it feels very like, it, it and I'm not saying it's like a PR move, but I remember finding out when she introduced her child, you know, like in a public, in a public way like that. Um, but I mean, it does make J Lo seem like very like woke, right? With like the all the trans issues we talk about, right? These days, like it's very like oh, like J Lo's inclusive, right? To LGBT folks, right? Um, which I find interesting. Um, 
and she's been married um two other times as well um to some other folks I think one guy was like uh, like a backup a, dancer like, yeah backup dancer and one guy was like from when she was like younger um which is really interesting um just kind of seeing the I guess like the tra- trajectory of her like life and how in each relationship it has a different aesthetic to it I mean threes are image types right so so it feels very like the aesthetic of when she was married to Mark Anthony the aesthetic to now her being married to Ben in 2022 yeah I agree with this deeply and I also want to say in regards to her non-binary child and this isn't to say by any means that trans and non-binary folks are quote-unquote made that way by their families but I do wonder she has such a drive to control the narrative surrounding her image that I do wonder like how much pressure that was being her child you know like I wonder I mean how much pressure it still is because they're still yeah 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 I think they're teenagers still minors right yeah I'm like they're minors yeah Yeah. so um and I think same with Ben's kids I think they're also pretty young also did you see Violet Affleck in those videos or in the pictures from their wedding or whatever she looks so I was like why is Jennifer Garner at their wedding she looks identical um, maybe we'll add that in the promotion for this show when we post it. So if you are curious, we will maybe add a highlight if it's not us in feed post of and Ben's fucking back tattoo. Um. Yeah. And so I think something we didn't mention uh, because we don't we don't always go linearly even with our notes, but that so, of course, their relationship started like 20 years ago in the early 2000s was very public it is interesting to me and this is where I I kind of it's hard for me to talk about this without like you want to talk about the Enneagram I want to talk about like the astrology about it because they both um after their um first engagement ended in the 2000s very quickly moved on with other people so like Ben went on to marry Jennifer Garner and JLo went on to marry Mark Anthony and um and then now they're back together and I find it so so interesting and you know I always find like the astrology of like celebrities interesting but I find it extra interesting and like maybe I have a more like um the the relevance feels like even more for me when it comes to them because I they have the same sun moon placements as me so me (laughs) JLo and Ben were all Leo suns with Scorpio moons and I just find that super fascinating because also um, when I was younger in my college years, I had a boyfriend who was also a Leo sign, Scorpio moon. And so this dynamic, like just, just having been in that relationship where you know how that dynamic can be um, is very interesting to kind of observe that in JLo and Ben. Um, and, And so, you know, I feel like they are both very much, Leo sun Scorpio moons is that like in the stereotypical ways of being Leos like they're they're like mega superstar type of people like very high achieving like very like glam they live like glamorous lifestyles like we know them we love their movies or music or whatever they they do and also 
I, I find that they're also like very intense and that, that Scorpio moon um, part of them where, and, and I can see it in how like they, and, and I um, feel like I'm calling myself in with this as well, but like really ha- having these like intense relationships and then really wanting more, like they'll move on to the next person fast because they want to find like that love again or that whatever it is. And I'm like, oh yeah, I, I know what that's like. Um, and I actually thought it's really interesting, but I actually thought that when JLo was with A-Rod, I thought that that was who she was going to end up marrying. Like I, it, cause I remember her image at the time when she was with him, like I, at the time I, I remember like following her and like, she had a song come out about him, basically a song about wanting him to put like a ring on it. Like, when are you going to put a ring on it kind of vibe? Um, and it, and I thought that was going to be like her, I don't know, her aesthetic happiness, what bliss, right. It it seemed that way when she was with him. Um, but it's so interesting to see him, to see her, um, go back to Ben after A-Rod, some, a critique of JLo that I have seen, um, that I'm like, well, that could also be a critique of me is how she doesn't, um, cause she's like 53, she's in her fifties. But when you look at like her history, um, she's like never been without a partner. Like she goes from partnership to partnership. And that's part of like, this is something that I've read about Leo Sun, Scorpio Moons in particular, um, and can sometimes be a tribute to Leos is that we are serial monogamous. So that we would just, we wanna be partnered monogamous and then we wanna be partnered like on and on. Um, and I just think it's really interesting to see because I, I kind of see that in both of them and I can like a part of me is like for all the critiques we have we're having about them right now like there's a sense that I like want to root for their like their love like the the peer like oh I'm a Leo and I just want to be in love and like I, I found my person like there's a part of me that's like oh like that's sweet because like that's basically what we all want and especially for like Leo Scorpio moons like we all want that intense love this is my person you're my person um but also like, you know, it's, is it healthy though? <laughs> like, I don't know if you want to talk about um, Ben and his maybe um, substance issues. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so Ben Affleck was notably uh, taken to rehab by his ex-wife at the time, who's still also his ex-wife, Jennifer Garner. Uh, I believe for gambling and alcohol, if I remember correctly. Um, and it has specul- been speculated since the pandemic began, which is when a lot of any sober people or people who know sober people know the pandemic was very hard for people in recovery. And so there's been a lot of blind item speculation, a lot of media speculation around whether or not uh Ben is maintaining his sobriety at this point in time which like really sucks um and Tian and I talked a bit about this and I I don't know this man's type for sure I do not but if I had to guess if I truly had to guess that man is an Enneagram 4 and he is a sad boy okay this man is what I'm guessing is some variation of, I don't know what his subtype is actually, I can't get to assume that much, but it seems as though he is either hiding from his sadness or reveling in his sadness. 
uh, and has pretty much allowed Jennifer to take the Jennifer Lopez to take the reins in regards to his image because if we cannot we cannot forget that type fours are also image types. So enneagrams twos, threes, and fours very much image types. Uh, it is see me the ideas generally see me the way I want to be seen. Uh, there are different motivations for that, different reasonings, different ways that that, that appears amongst those types and amongst within those types individually. Uh, but Ben really strikes me as there is a deep longing sadness. And uh, one thing fours can get caught up with is uh, the grass is greener thinking. Where it's like, oh, the grass is greener over there. So oh, maybe if I get back with Jennifer, it will be okay. Maybe if I, you know, find a new Jennifer, it will be okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, just... Isn't it weird to you that he's been married to two Jennifers? Like, I gotta say, like, that is a little bit, like, I just can't imagine. So I'm thinking about my ex from college. I'm not going to say his name, but I can't imagine that if after I had broken up with him after we were over, that I would then date and immediately get into a really serious relationship with someone with the same name as him. Like, that feels very, like, that's just so weird. Like I, it's, I don't think people talk about that bit as much, but maybe it's just me. I'm weird about names reminding me of people. Um, I went through a phase in my, I will, I also can say I'm weird about that, but I also went through a phase in my life where like, I could not escape a man with a specific name. Like it would only ever be that specific name that was like coming at me or that I'd be like, Oh, that guy's so cute. I should go talk to him and be like, this is my name. And I'm going to not say it for it being very common and people knowing uh but yeah I also had an ex who was a four who once we broke up immediately started dating a three who has very much trajectory to his life um so I mean I could see it being the case where it's just like up oh, someone who's gonna do the thing for me so I don't have to worry about it and I can just wallow in my sadness or escape from sadness through whatever that substance or thing or escape may be and I, I don't know for sure and I'm, I don't mean to like project ideas of me know like parasocial ideas that I know Ben Affleck and I know Jennifer Lopez and I know but from what I perceive that's how I feel yeah yeah, and so if you've been watching um, the video, I'm cringing when I was cringing so hard when you're talking about him being a four, because I am a four, and um, I so and I had talked to Zara about this as well, where like you know, the internet people on the internet will say something, and then I would say to Zara like, oh, the internet says so and so is a whatever type, and then she'll be like, hmm, I can see that, or maybe this, and um, so the internet. Uh, or one of like the websites on the internet that type celebrities says that he is a seven. Um, and I can see why they say that just because he's like a famous rich person who does a lot of stuff. Right. Um, and then I was telling Zara that I felt like he was a six just because I was thinking like threes and sixes, you know, in relationships. And um, but, but the thing is, he does seem like a reactive type. So that's four, six or eight. Um, but 
when Zara was saying, oh, he has like sad boy vibes, like big sad boy vibes. I was like, oh yeah, actually he really does. <laughs> like I can see that. And like, I can see myself in that as well um, as a four who's a Leo sun, Scorpio moon. Um, and you know, there's like funny, there's like a really funny meme of him. Actually, there's like two memes of him now. You know, there's like more than one meme of him and just the expressions that he makes um, with like the sad boy vibes or just like the, the struggling vibe. Like, like um that he's like struggling um and there's like a new meme now since he married um j-lo um of like him falling asleep on a boat that's like now a meme what we were talking about before we started recording was how sometimes when you see fours who are like unhealthy and famous you feel frustrated and sad about it which is understandable because it's like you have the most resources why are you the fucking worst um and that's about any type. That's not specifically about fours, but Hien is a four. So, you know, she feels that more deeply. And my thought on it was, which is that I I want to be mindful of this and not give, not baby celebrities too much because you have the power to be rich and famous and yet you're being a fucking asshole. But I do feel bad for them in a way because it's like, when you have a lot of money, you have a lot of people surrounding you who it's in their best interest a lot of the time for you to stay unhealthy because then that means they can uh, have power over you or control over you or get you to or influence you in some sort of way. So I imagine specifically if you're a sad boy in Hollywood that it must be hard to have like who is likes drugs and alcohol for to have a bunch of people around you who are like I mean if we just give them some drugs and alcohol we can kind of do whatever we want right you know because like that sucks um but also I don't want to give him too much credit because he's friends with Matt Damon who is markedly the worst if you don't know about Matt Damon he has been charged with assaulting an Asian man as a child right I think you're mixing him up with someone else. Oh, with Mark Wahlberg. To me, Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon are the same person. No, they look alike. Or is that just and they're oh, also like both know. Boston boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, because I, I was thinking he's friends with Matt Damon, who I don't know mu- as much about, but like on the outside seems to have more of a stable personal life. Like he's been married a really long time to a woman who's not famous. Yes. And he uses his daughters a lot for PR stuff um, to make him sound good. So in an interview, Matt Damon said, oh, my daughter's taught me that I shouldn't be using the F slur. (laughs) And then he had to come out and say, like, I don't use it. And it's like, well, if you're using it in front of your kid, you were using it. Um, And that is Ben's best friend friend that's what you've got uh when we were talking about Ben's production company with the inclusion or equity writer thing where they try to have more um like diverse staff like production in their production team that is his project with Matt so (laughs) like it's him and Matt have a production company that is supposedly trying to be more diverse Yeah. Okay. So basically, sorry, I've been reading this article. I think this happened in 2015 as well. 
Um, so 2015 was just not a good year for Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, where a black director or co-star was talking about how it's important if your your representation in the film, if it's like only showing black people as hookers or prostitutes, sorry for those words. I think we have sex workers, which is a better term now. Um, that it's important, you know, how you're portraying people on screen. So he interrupted her and said, when we're talking about diversity, you do it in casting of the film, not in the casting of the show. (laughs) So he mansplained some sort of diversity issue to a black woman who is arguably more versed on that conversation than a white man from Boston. Sorry. But yeah, exactly. So it's like you can have a diversity and equity inclusion on your writer and ask for more diverse pra- uh, staff. But if you still think it's okay to joke and use the F slur, uh, how much of a space are you creating that's safe? You're doing the bare minimum. It's again, one of those situations where it's like your values are only important when it matters to you, when it affects other, like when it affects other people, it doesn't matter to you. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, I think I kind of doubt that they're very even that involved in making their production more diverse. Like they, they're not running the whole thing. Like they're, they're like, I mean, they're, they're running it like from the top. So they have people under them who's like, you know, actually working with like the supposedly more diverse folks, right? So it's like, who knows, who knows what it's actually like for those people to work under them and or work for their production company. Like, uh, we don't know um, if you have worked with them or worked for Ben and Matt's production company and you want to tell us about it, like email yeah, us, we will. DM us. <laughs> we will keep your shit totally anonymous. We are just genuinely curious for um people who might have experience with that and I also want to say like people can only be as aware as you are aware so if you are at the top and you don't understand that using the f slur is inappropriate I find it very hard to believe that you handpick the people who are under you who are hiring the diverse staff get that as well you know it's more likely that they also think it's just funny it's just a joke where it's like, it's actively harming people who are being unalived by fucking racist, homophobic, transphobic pieces of shit. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think that's so interesting that one of their like points of contact is that they have a diversity and equity writer, but they seem so deeply unaware of these issues right right it is it is really interesting um well here's something you know I want to ask you what do you think Benefer I mean even the phenomenon of Benefer right because I think they were probably one of the first couples that even have that like PR celebrity they were the, the first, together. yeah, they were the first, I believe. Yeah. Um, and they were the first highly publicized couple, which I think also probably attributed to their breakup because they were being followed by paparazzi. Yeah, everywhere in the 2000s. Yeah, in the 2000s, they were like the first. What do you think, I mean, I guess, what do you think, you know, Benefer 
being a pop cultural phenomenon or topic like what do you think that says about our society right since we're trying to <laughs> since we try to exam examine you know pop culture and what it means and our values it's like why do you think 20 years later we're still talking about Benefer? I'm raising my hand like we are in a classroom um but I think it really pulls on this collective longing for a simpler time and nostalgia and because I believe they were together in the early 2000s right after 9-11 where we weren't really aware of what was going on underneath the surface and people who were aware people were just like you guys are just paranoid what do you mean they're going to take our rights away uh but I think they are just filling our cultural desire to go back to simpler times and have something that we, I think there's this thing and they talk a lot about it in trauma where if you're like, if you experience a traumatic situation, you, your body and your brain like unawarely keeps going back to try to recreate that scenario to quote unquote, get it right and fix it. Um, but like, if you work on trauma stuff, you learn that it's not about recreating the situation and getting it right. It's about recognizing that that situation, you are doing a recreation and like figuring out like, okay, what do I want if I'm not actually in trauma response? Like if I'm not just like drawn by this trauma dynamic, that's like really filling what my body knows and to predict. Uh, and I think that's what we all want right now. And I also think it's a bit of what Benefer is doing right now with themselves. It's like, we want to fix it and do it right and do it different. And it's like, okay, well, then we all need to slow down and do some healing and recognize where we're the problem and learn some different skills so that we can all make a different choice, not in a trauma response where we're like, we must get Benefer down the aisle. That will make us all happy. Um, you know, and I don't think it's just them. I think it's a lot of things. And I don't think I'm immune to doing this because, you know, Mia Khalifa and her boyfriend broke up and I feel sad about it. And it's like, it's fine. She's okay. Uh, you know, and it's also, you don't know her. So you don't get to have lots of opinions on her life. And maybe you're trying to seek something out of that, which is like finding love again and finding things, you know? I'm like, yes, I feel a little bit vulnerable saying that on a podcast. So I'm going to stop talking, but it is true. Like we can recognize how our patterns come up in what's going on around us. I do agree with you on simpler times and like the nostalgia, like just because I'm thinking about when they were reported to get back together at first, um, there was so much, like all the headlines were all like, the hearkening back to the past like oh it's like 2002 again or like oh like you know then there's just like so much like nostalgia with them because they were like superstars um back then uh, of course simpler times um and so I definitely feel like there's something to that of course for me it's so fascinating that they are the same sun and moon sign as me because you know what it had me thinking like would I ever get back with my college ex right and the thing is like, no, I really don't think I would because he, he well, okay. I want to first just start by saying I haven't talked to him in years. And so I don't actually know what he is like now, 
but I, I do see parallels with him and Ben. They actually have the same birthday, funny enough, like August 15th. Um, and also my ex also had, um, you know, issues with substance use. Um, and I, and I don't know if that's still the case. Um, but, and, and my, I will say my ex was also like, um, a privileged white man. Um, and so, you know, I, I see kind of parallels of like where they may, um, where they may put their energy to avoid like the sad boy feelings. Right. Um, and so I, you know, um, I wish him well, but like, I don't want to have anything to do with that again. You know, it's like, I wish him well, and I don't want to have anything to do with just being with like a white privileged man who has sad boy feelings and doesn't fully know how to like deal with it basically. Um, and so it's just kind of funny. And, and I do think though, there is this, because they're, because we are, we're going off this, assuming that they're both image types. Right. And, and I do think that there is something kind of cool about observing these two image types give us the aesthetic right like the the narrative because right now um well I would say their Vegas wedding and Paris honeymoon they were on a high of like good for them you know they got back um together and now it's like they're sometimes it takes you know 20 years to or like you know when people talk about like true love what? goes through like so much right like it's and I they're, also they're wanna... writing on that image, um, but then the imitation plantation is making their their image kind of go down yeah. a bit. <laughs> well, and I think that's too much of trying to craft the perfect narrative. Um, but I also want to say too, I do we do support their relationship, and we hope they're happy and healthy and safe and find the good things. Um, and I do one thing I do love about this thing is that she is a woman in her fifties finding love and being happy, which we quite often tell women like once you're in your thirties, you're too old for any man. Uh, so we do like that. Um, oh yeah. And did you know that he's younger than her? I didn't realize it. Um, but he's no, but that does not surprise me just because he looks like he's in his forties and Jennifer Garner is younger, I believe too. Right. Um, God, the well, I think Jennifer Garner is probably younger than him, but J-Lo is older yeah. than him. That's yeah, sorry, that's what I meant, Jennifer Garner. I don't know any of their names. Um, There's too many Jennifers. There's, yeah, also, I want to even combat my own Jennifer, Gar like Jen Jennifer's are all threes. Um, I Because I do wonder if Jennifer Garner is a two. Now that is very fascinating if, if he's a four, right? And she's a two. And you've told me before that twos and fours kind of enable each other or could enable each other. They can't, like twos and fours can have, any type can have a healthy relationship with any type. So I don't like saying like, oh, twos and fours are bad together. Twos and fours are good together. Um, I do know that twos and fours can have this dynamic of push-pull where it is they are constantly chasing and pulling away from the other because they are scared of intimacy and vulnerability um which seems like a two would con might be drawn to someone who they could fix and help and someone with substance abuse problems might be drawn to someone who could help them and take care of them so it does make sense that that would happen because they're what it does feel very push-pully where there are those photos like I mean he got caught cheating with the nanny and then like a few weeks later there are photos of like her 
driving him to rehab and stopping and picking him up like McDonald's or whatever. <laughs> it's like the mothering that she yeah and just, her and glennon doyle are doing this thing with the women's soccer team now where they're being the team moms which i'm like this just feels very too behavior for me um i don't know again i can't know um and i wish them all well but this does seem like an image type group <laughs> yeah you know what i see it uh now that you mentioned that about Jennifer Garner I definitely um see it which is so interesting because I'm sure I'll spend time afterwards reflecting on what I've observed um but yeah anything else you want to express about Bennifer today um uh everything that did not come with a source or was not our own opinion is alleged we are not trying to get sued uh that I think is very important and I just want to reiterate that multiple times because we are talking about really wealthy people um and we like Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck-ish enough that we want them to be well and happy people um and yeah that just seems like a big I am I I do wonder if it started as PR and just rekindled feelings or I am very curious about how they got back together you know that would be my final thing I'm just always curious yeah um that is very interesting you say that because I remember when the news first came out that it tried to emphasize that they were just friends for a little bit and then it became very clear that the public image or the narrative was that they officially got back together. Um, so I, I think that part is really interesting. And um, yeah, I I don't feel as much um, like I need to worry about whatever we said, just because I'm like, they really probably don't care. And people have said way worse about these two. <laughs> like, I feel like we're pretty generous, right? And um but I do think like, I do think that it is going to be interesting to observe them benefit as a phenomenon together. Um, and also, I'm really in particular interested now that she's married to Ben, what will JLo's like image look like from now on? Like, I'm very curious to know. Especially if she is a three, like we suspect. There's going to be a like, well, what do I create? What image do I create now? Because like she's in her 50s, even if she could have kids, why the fuck would you want to? You know what I mean? Um, so I, I agree. I do think that's really interesting. And I also want to add uh, something that I learned through Leah Remini's book, which is that Jennifer Lopez's father, I believe it is, very high up in Scientology not high up like working in but he's like very in he's in the folds of Scientology like pretty deeply um and so it leads me to suspect that she is not necessarily a Scientologist but somewhere like on their neutral ground um yeah so I wonder if there will be some sort of image crafting going on there if maybe if they're helpful you know I don't know it just makes me so curious as to like what goes on in her life in the background Sorry, that was a bomb to drop at the end of this episode. And I kept meaning to bring it up earlier, but I forgot until just now. And it's like, oh yeah, right. 
That is so interesting. I totally did not know that, but um, yeah, that that's super fascinating. Um, but yeah, that's all. That's all I have to say for today on Benefer. Same. Um, I love doing these episodes. I we've gotten feedback. We think that you guys are liking them. So, uh, if you have any ideas for topics you'd like us to cover, send us an email or a DM on Instagram. Yep. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Bye.